Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast. Oh! Oh, The Horror. Horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe, or follow, or, you know, whatever, to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at O-T-H- at seriouslydecent.com and you can check out our website oldthehorrorpodcast.com connect to our Instagram page our Facebook group post in the shenanigans that goes on there listen to our back catalog etc 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 here we are here we are one week later from my method acting and plagues yeah Yeah, thanks for not having a plague this week, but I mean, we're not talking about plagues. No, we're not. We're episode 91 this week. Mm -hmm. Fred and Rosemary West. Yeah, Yeah. what a couple. A.K.A. train wreck. I think a train wreck is neater than what this was. Yeah. (laughs) There's not many people that know about these two. And you know, it's funny because... How funny is it? I've heard this story at least four times. And I remember the very first time I heard it and I heard the details. I literally sat there and was like, no, it can't be. They got to be making this up. And then every follow up. Yeah, be it a documentary or a podcast. You listen to thirty podcasts a week. Yeah, and and guess what? The details never change. And and then I was like, oh, this is this is bad. First time I heard of this was I was looking up something else and found this. Got it. And again, like I looked and I was like, "Ah." I'm like, that's pretty crazy. And then so you, you had the same, and and then same you wonder, reaction, like, that can't be... Well, I think it's natural to think, because, I mean, we're in this spot now where over-embellishments embraced. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, heaven forbid you just tell the story. Or tell the truth. That's what I mean, yeah. just tell the story, you know, yeah. instead uh even things that are amazing in their own right need extra, uh, you yeah, know, I mean, yeah. it just... Uh, extra flavor. Yeah. Well... Then I read... Then I then I saw it somewhere else. It was either on TV or it might have been a podcast or something. I haven't listened to many podcasts in this vein in a while. But, uh, yeah, then to hear, like, the second, like, confirmation of it. I was just like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. I, I will say, by, like, the third time I heard the story and I realized that the details hadn't actually changed, mm-hmm. I was like shocked and in complete disbelief it's a it it kind of struck me the same way the Ken and Barbie killers did like okay. here's this couple mm-hmm. feeding off of each other in yeah. the worst possible way bringing out the absolute worst in each other mm-hmm. and in this case encouraging it yeah you're just like oh oh Oh, yeah, it's weird. There, there are people like this. In the I world. never made the Ken and Barbie connection 
but I mean, now that you do it, I see it. Yeah, y- you yeah. see what I mean? Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. Oy. Yeah. Yeah. I see this also more as a, like, failure on all levels. Oh, yeah. In comparison to, like, the um, the little girl that uh, got tortured and killed in the house there. Charmaine? No. The... There was a movie about it. And, um, we've done a podcast episode on it. Sylvia? Sylvia, Sylvia Likens. Likens. Yeah. And then there was the the woman there that was uh, running everything. Gertrude? Gertrude, yeah. Mm-hmm. I look at it as a tragedy in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like a failure on all... On all levels. All levels It's around. true. I mean... Like the let's... Ken and Barbie killers, those were those two. They kind of kept it neat under wraps. They knew what they were doing. They did. And they, and not just knew what they were doing in a nefarious way, but also, like, they knew what they were doing so much that they kept these alternate lives up. Yeah. Even being as brandish and grandos yeah. doing what they're doing, like, they knew there was a line somewhere. They were able to carp- compartmentalize, you know, their mm-hmm. their life life, exterior life to the world. And then and this then, crazy fucking And thing, then you know, them together. Where yeah. Here it was just like a bleed over. Oh, yeah. And that's where I look at like this, compare it's it like to like a... like a slow, constant bleed. Yeah, just like I compare it to the Sylvia Likings story where, I mean, everybody knew. Everybody had to know this was going on. Yeah. 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 It's It wasn't, you know... They're not breaking new ground. No, they, I mean, they're not hiding it. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, they're very outward yeah. with it. So instead of getting into the uh, gray areas and all this, how about yeah, we- instead of speaking in innuendo <laughs> and uh, we should making just, all of these vague, we should have things. a podcast that's just called innuendo, <laughs> where we pick a topic, but and we, we just, just speak and talk yeah, about it. like mobster style, yeah. you know, <laughs> just speaking and you know, just tongues and you know, just. Uh, Innuendo, double speak, speak, never get to the heart of anything. (laughs) Because then the follow up episode would have to be the okay, guys, here are all the details. No, no, we just never even get into it. Never do it. Just innuendo. We can't do that. Who would who would enjoy that torture? No one. I think Fred and Rosemary West would. (laughs) I'd be like, oh my God, this is a great story. This is great. Like, I get it, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, it could be anyone or anything. I mean, I get this story, but I don't. Right. Maybe I should talk to somebody else, you know. Yeah. Do you get it? No, not really. Me too. Isn't it great? <laughs> uh, okay. Sources. Sources. <laughs> I have two. Yeah. CriminalMinds.Fandom.Wiki, mm-hmm. Fred and Rosemary West, mm-hmm. and BBC.com. Okay. I, uh... I'm a fan of the Criminal uh, Minds fandom uh, site. Wiki, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got some other stuff from allthatsinteresting.com on uh, Rosemary West. Cold. Yeah. Cold. So what's Fred up to? Fred was born in a small town of Muchmarkle, let's Herefordshire. Just, let's just stop there real quick. Yeah. Muchmarkle. How about that, huh? <laughs> You don't have there's, to sell me that it's a small much town. Markle. You don't have to sell me that it's a small town because it's in the name much. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Any place that has much or grand or anything like that, yeah. Yeah. you know, aside from Grand Central Station. This you is know. the only time I've ever heard much in, in a, a town name. name. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 
I may be so bold as to say I think this is the only much. Yeah. There's not many much. <laughs> many much mucho. At least when it comes to Markle <laughs> in Herefordshire. Well, being born in this small town yeah. in Herefordshire, uh, he was born on September 29th, 1941. He was the second of the six children of Walter Stephen West and Daisy Hannah Hill. By Fred's own account, sexual abuse of various kinds was common in the household. He claimed his father had sexual relations with his daughters, the father's daughters, yeah, and taught him, Fred, uh, bestiality, which is sex with animals. Mm-hmm. It has also been suspected that Fred's mother started sexually abusing him when he was 12. Though he never admitted to it, and it has never been confirmed. Hard stop for a second. Then, what, just because there's sex abuse in the house, we're just going to say everybody's sexually abusing everybody? Yeah, I I, I don't like those kind of statements. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I, I, I'm not a fan of, like, if you It'd have... It'd be one thing if he said something. Yeah. But he didn't. If, if you have nothing, then you have nothing. Right. I'm like in the age we are now. Yes. Like nothing you is have, nothing. If you have nothing, then you've got nothing. Right. Well, I've heard stuff. Fuck I don't your care. stuff. You still have nothing. Fuck I don't your care stuff. what you heard. At the end of the day, you're gonna go through and tell me all your stuff that you heard, and then I'm gonna say, Well, how much of that is true? And you're gonna go, I don't know. You know, yeah. So yeah. How let's much just of that save can you back up with everyone actual the time? Evidence. Yeah, let's yeah. yeah, let's save everybody the time. And it's also, they can't confirm the stories about his father having sex with his daughters. Yeah. So, I mean, neither have Fred's claims that he also engaged in incest and even impregnated one of his sisters. Like, that can't be confirmed either. It's just him claiming it. Correct. Which I would say, at best, half truth. I don't know. He might be, he might be. He, here's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, he was pretty truthful. Like, he did come clean. He made one mm. sloppy attempt to be like, yeah, no, we didn't uh, do, I don't know where anybody is. I don't know nothing about yeah, nothing. I think there's a reason behind that, though. We, so, that's later. Regardless, Fred and his mother were very close. When he was physically punished for doing badly in school, where he had shown some aptitude at woodwork and artwork, his mother, who was obese and often dressed unattractively, would often go to the school in person to yell at the teachers for essentially scolding him. Mm-hmm. So that's great. That's just what a kid needs is her mother coming to school to fight battles for him. Well, that depends too. Because if you got a douchebag teacher that like everybody knows is a douchebag teacher... Then that's okay. Yeah. Because there was a situation with that in our school. I'm not naming names or anybody. Cause well, I will. I'm coming at you, Miss Barron. No, it's, a, it's a long, long time ago. <laughs> different generations of people, yeah. you know, in different times. But but I remember we had one teacher. He was a fucking douchebag. Yeah. And I remember, like, parents would come in and, like, kids were like, finally. Yeah. You know, there's another adult here that's, like, seeing what we're seeing, you know. Uh and then that would get kind of buried under and business as usual. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I can't believe that person taught as long as they did. But. I mean. Here's hey. the schools. Yep. 
you know. Fred left school at the age of 15, even though he was almost illiterate, and got a job as a farmhand. When he was 16, his looks improved, and he became more attractive to girls. At the age of 17, he was in a motorcycle accident that put him in a coma for a week, led to him having a metal plate inserted into his head, and breaking one of his legs so badly it was permanently shorter than the other. Afterward, Do you think they called him Half-Leg Fred? No. No? No. I would. I know. I know. Especially what he turned out to be. So after this uh, motorcycle accident and his head injury, Mm -hmm. he exhibited a bad temper. He often had violent outbursts, Mm -hmm. which is not uncommon in these situations where these serial killers, because that's what they are, Mm -hmm. they experience some sort of head trauma and all of a sudden... Like, that's the trigger. Their personality changes. Yeah, I mean, but I won't even put it with serial killers. It's just people with head trauma Mm -hmm. have different things. I remember these two girls that I went to high school with, and there was a car accident, and they flew through the windshield. Yeah. And they were in comas and stuff like that. And I remember, like, there was this meeting in the school, and they're like, look, so-and-so and and who's their face are coming back. And just to let you all know, they're not the same people that you saw last time. Yep. They're different. So please be patient. Mm-hmm. Please be considerate. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, they may recognize you. They may not recognize mm-hmm. you. They, you know, yeah. this whole weird thing. This like, I want to say high school or junior high school or, you know, like uh, yeah. senior or junior in high school. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. And I remember like just seeing like the one girl, she just total different personality, mm-hmm. total different personality. Mm-hmm. It was it was bizarre. Yeah. At that time, because you never really see anything like that, and um, and yeah, used to be the nicest girl in the world, but you could see the frustration and all that. Yeah. When I had my memory issues, mm-hmm. I get that because you get frustrated with yourself because you're kind of like when you don't get something, you get frustrated, mm-hmm. and especially if it's something basic. Oh, that'll fucking piss you off. Right. It'll get you real ma- mad, but yeah, I mean like a metal plate. Yeah. And all that. That's a, yeah. But wait, there's more. Of course there is. Two years after the accident, Fred hurt his head yet again yeah. when he stuck his hand up a girl's skirt and she pushed him down a fire escape. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to say, had you not put your hand up the girl's skirt, yeah, you probably could have avoided that second head injury. Accident one and accident two are different. Correct. I'm not going to be a genius over here, but. Right, yes. You know. Accident one, I can get some understanding with. Accident, Accident two, two, not so much. It's your own damn vault. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> your own damn head injury. When he was 19, he was convicted of molesting a 13-year-old girl, even though he didn't serve any jail time because his doctor said he suffered from epileptic fits. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that has to do with him molesting a 13-year-old girl. Afterward, he was sent to live with his sister and was uh, practically disowned by the the rest of the family. Fred got a job in construction but was fired for stealing from his workplace. When Fred was 21, his family let him back into their lives, and he moved back to Much Markle, as one does, Mm -hmm. where he resumed a romantic relationship with an ex-girlfriend, Catherine Reyna Costello, who had been a petty thief when they first dated and had moved on to prostitution. Though Reyna was already pregnant with the child of a Pakistani man, 
They married and kept the child. To explain why the baby was half Asian, Fred had Raina write to her parents and say that the baby had died in childbirth and that her child, a girl she named Charmaine Carroll, was adopted. They married in November, only two months after getting back together, and moved to Scotland together. Fred demanded sex from Raina daily and wasn't too interested in regular sex. The couple had a child of their own in July of 1964, a daughter named Anne Marie. During their rocky marriage, Fred worked as an ice cream truck driver, a job that gave him plenty of access to available young women. Their life in Scotland came to an end when Fred accidentally ran over a four-year-old boy with his truck. Though the accident wasn't his fault, Fred moved with his family as well as uh, Issa McNeil, who took care of their children, and Anna McFall, a friend of Costello, to Gloucestershire, uh, where he got a job at a slaughterhouse. When her marriage finally collapsed, Costello went back to Scotland alone, but came back in July of 1966 because she missed her daughter, only to discover that Fred had started a relationship with McFall. In 1967, McFall became pregnant with Fred's child and tried to get him to divorce Costello. In response, he killed, dismembered, and buried her. Costello finally left Fred a few months later, leaving their children with him. Fred Pretty is, abusive to the help. Yeah. Fred is suspected to have killed again in January of 1968 when 15-year-old Mary Bathsholm disappeared from a bus stop. After the death of his mother in February, Fred started committing a lot of petty thefts and changed jobs a lot. It was during a stint as a bakery truck driver that he met his future wife and accomplice, Rosemary Lutz. Rosemary. Rosemary. Holy. Let's get into it. Born as Rosemary Lutz in Devon, England on November 29th, 1953, her household was troubled and abusive. Her father, Bill Lutz, was a schizophrenic who constantly disciplined her, her siblings, and her mother, Daisy. While Daisy had been pregnant with Rosemary, she had received electroconvulsive therapy, shock therapy, as a treatment for her severe depression. So let's pause for a moment. Yes. She's getting electro... Shock therapy. Convulsive shock mm -hmm. therapy while pregnant. Yes. With rosemary. And they said smoking was bad, you know. Yeah. You this think is, smoking and drinking is bad. This is where I don't trust the science. Like, people want to ask me point blank, like, yeah. why don't you trust the science sometimes? This, this is why. Yeah. This is a great example why I don't trust the science. Yeah. I, I trust some science more than others, but, like, if I see something hinky mm -hmm. or a little weird mm -hmm. or something that doesn't make sense... Yeah. S stand up, raise your hand and say, this looks a little weird. Yeah. I mean, it's just fucking strange. Yeah. There's no time you read that statement from 1953 till now where that made sense no. to regular Joe average person. No. And that's what happens. You when can't eat lunch meat now when you're pregnant, <laughs> but you can get electroshock therapy and that's, that's fine. That's not going to affect <clears throat> the baby at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and that's where, it, that's also where, I mean, I don't want to get into a whole tirade, but it's like kind of trust the science deal. If you do all of these chemically induced drugs mm -hmm. or things that alter your chemical biology, mm -hmm. you don't think that's going to have any impact 
on your future child that you give birth to. You know, if you load up on methamphetamines or coke or right, yeah. psychedelics or any of this well, stuff. Well, can we talk about the mad rash of coke babies? Well, we and, can talk about anything we want. It's our podcast. I mean, it's true. It's true. <laughs> or uh, fetal alcohol syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. No, I just. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, that always got me with, um, what was her name? Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. And she was like heading the autism thing and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's like. And how the MMR shot is what gave her son autism. That's what gave her son autism. It's like, no, let's skip past the fucking show you lived for and years before you, you know. That the doctor that you're using to support this statement mm-hmm. has lost his license. Yeah. And. Yeah. Everything that he has said has been proven inaccurate. Oh yeah, yeah. But you continue to toe that that line. You go, you go right ahead, and you be you, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not gonna use you as my science. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're a fucking actress. Now the other part of this statement that you rattled off. Yes. Was the schizophrenic who constantly disciplined her? How frustrating would it be? To have a schizophrenic as a parent that disciplines you. Because here's the thing. What's say your Say your father has four personalities mm-hmm. and you fuck up and do something wrong. Is that four punishments because the other three don't... Do you get three more because the other three don't know about the punishment? No, because when... There's usually just one personality... That controls unquote, everything. ...in charge... And the others don't know what's going on when that person is steering the ship. Mm -hmm. So if you have your fuck up moment while like Patricia is leading the charge, the other three don't know what Patricia did or saw or any of that. You would have to recommit said offense in front of each subsequent personality Mm -hmm. in order to get four beatings. But... Are we just going to gloss over the fact that her father's schizophrenic and her mother has severe depression, which I'm going to go with is probably more like manic depressive. Probably, yeah. But here's the thing. What a great gene pool. Yeah, but here's here's how there's a lot of this that people don't want to talk about. This goes back to Albert Fish, what we were talking Mm -hmm. about. It's like, yeah, there's more of this than you really want to admit admit and tilt, tilt your hand towards. Yes. And we're just going to pretend that everything's fine. Yeah. The dumpster fire, everything's fine. And at what point, you yeah. know, I mean, there has to be a serious dialogue where people say, at what point does someone intervene? You know, because this whole thing that we're reading off, this is a whole reading ch- child protective services exists. Exactly. Yeah. So take a step back and look how great they're fucking doing. Big well, trophy to you guys. You yeah, know, but here's the other thing. All this shit happens behind closed doors. So unless they do something outwardly in in public or outwardly or you know that the children can actually exhibit physical symptoms in school or you know they have to go to the emergency room several times in a row for the same thing, that's when the mandated reporter comes in and they have to yeah. say, "Hey, you guys should check this out." But if as long as the parents aren't like physically beating the kids and the kids don't change drastically their behavior in school, like they don't go from suddenly outgoing to withdrawn, 
there's no reason for anyone to suspect anything's going on. No, but there's a level of involvement. And this is where I hate kind of like police state, state controlled type things. But like Rosemary, for example, sexually abused by her father. Yep. And wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. No, she wasn't. A bit overweight. Yep. She was teased and, you know, responded by attacking her bullies aggressively. Yep. And when she was a teenager, she became more sexually active and was even caught getting in the bed with one of her younger brothers and fondling him. Yes. And because her figure and her uh, father's rules prevented her from dating boys her own age, she pursued relationships with older men where she lived. And one of them took advantage of her and raped her. Mm -hmm. Now, all of these sequence of events create a kind of profiled person. Yes. I hate, I'm going to say the profile. Yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to profile people. I think you have to sometimes, you know, and you see someone going through, this is where I, I always just pull back and say, either you offer help to these people or you don't, there's no middle ground. Right. Yeah. There's no, Oh, we should step in and back up. We should do something for this person or whatever, you know, cause I mean, hell, raising awareness is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There's Doug, Doug Stanhope does a bit on raising awareness on how it's the most laziest thing you can do besides nothing you can do. Like it's another form of nothing. I'm raising awareness. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but what are you doing? Oh, I'm just raising, just raising awareness. I'm just letting you know that it exists. You know, that's really what you're doing. You're no different than the person that's eating chips Watching a movie. And you're at raising home. awareness is simply just saying, I'm raising awareness about this. No, exactly. Like you didn't do anything. <laughs> like you're not, there's not a fundraiser. No. The, no. You just simply said, Yeah. Raising awareness. Rosemary's no, fucked thank up. You. I'm just raising awareness. I'm just letting you know that Rosemary's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. And everybody's like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's where I just get upset about these programs that raise money and say they're doing all this stuff, mm-hmm. and and they just don't. Yeah. They don't do any of this crap. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, if you help two people, but there's a line of 100 out there that are fucked up, you're not doing enough. Like, yeah, it, maybe, let's just say yeah, it for what it is. You know, yourself on oh, the I don't have the, the resources, and I don't have... All right, then organize it up to show... Show how bad it is so Here's that you can need. get more resources. Here's a need, fill a need. You exactly. know, I mean, just, yeah. 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 And, it, and it just, uh, it, it falls flat every single time. So, But hey, when Rosemary was 15, her mother finally had enough of her husband's abuse mm-hmm. and took Rosemary, moved in with one of her adult daughters and, and her husband. Rosemary started spending even more time with male companions. I mean, sure, why not? Later the same year, Rosemary, surprisingly, moved back in with her father. Not long afterwards, she met Fred West, who was 12 years her senior. Yeah. In spite of the way he treated her, Rosemary's father strongly objected to her seeing Fred and even went to the trailer park where he lived with his two daughters and threatened him. While Fred did several stints in jail for thefts, and also failures to pay his fines for previous offenses, Rosemary became pregnant with his child. I mean, shocker. Mm. A girl named Heather and took care of his children on her own because of her temper problems. Okay. Yeah. 
and her resentment about caring for children who weren't hers, she often treated her de facto stepdaughters badly. In the summer of 1971, Rosemary apparently snapped completely and killed Charmaine. And the reason we know that it was Rosemary was because Fred was in prison. Yeah. So after severing the body's fingers and toes, Fred buried it under the, their kitchen floor. He did this when he got out of jail out and of came jail. home. And Rosemary's like, oh, by the way, killed your kid. <laughs> so in August of 1971, Costello, that's Charmaine's mother, mm-hmm. disappeared when she came looking for Charmaine because her body was found to have had its fingers and toes caught off when it was discovered, Fred is suspected to have been the killer. It should be noted that he didn't kill Charmaine. The reason he took off the fingers and toes was because he felt that Identification. they wouldn't be able yeah. to identify them. Though they married on January 29th, 1972, Fred... Full stop. Okay. So they marry after all this. The couple that slays together stays together, babe. I don't know how many times I have to say it. It's just incredible. I mean. There's so many things in this story. Like, you got to stop and break it down for a second. It's yeah, like, yeah. So, she kills. His kid. His kid. Mm-hmm. And his ex. I think they killed the ex together, if I'm being honest. Well, potato, potato. Okay. You know. But the fact is, these two people died. Yeah. Well, these guys were together and they're like, God, you know what? I love you so much. We should yeah. get married. We should we should be able to file taxes easier. We should, yeah. You know, let's let's you just know? get married and we can file taxes let's, let's easier. Let's do this. And that's more killing we can do. <laughs> file taxes. You're funny. Yeah. Do you think they file taxes? <laughs> do you think they even know what taxes are? No. no. Exactly. Actually, no. They're off over the pond. So they just get that shit taken out automatically. <laughs> Yeah, you know when they work. But so I mean, if they had to do taxes, they might have made some different decisions here. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they did their own taxes instead of the government just taking all their fucking money. God, I got all libertarian there. So all right, <laughs> they're married. They got married on January twenty ninth, nineteen seventy two. The groom encourages his bride Rosemary to have sex with other men, both for money. And pleasure for fun. Yeah. For funsies. And he often watched her through a peephole. And now we're going to do a hard stop right here because when they finally get to Cromwell Street, Mm -hmm. there's not one peephole. There are several. Yeah. He also took erotic photos of her and posted them in Swinger magazines as ads for prostitution. Mm. In June of 1972, they had another daughter together. May West, in order to make room for their expanding family and Rosemary's business, it should also be noted, her father is one of her regular Johns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nothing problematic there. They moved to 25 Cromwell Street, where they carried out their rapes and murders. Rosemary continued working as a prostitute from their home in a room fitted with peepholes for Fred to use and a red light outside that would be lit to tell the children not to enter. I'm developing film, damn it. Stay out of here. Yeah. Over the following (laughs) years, she gave birth to seven more children, of which three were fathered by Fred, 
Another may have been conceived by Rosemary and her father, who had kept engaging in incest with her even after she gave birth to her fourth child. The other three who were of mixed race were all fathered by her clients. So let's get into why we're here. I just... (laughs) He fathered less than half of the kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And the tie break, the tiebreaker was her father. Yeah. I mean, oh, <laughs> God. So let's talk about some killings, arrests, and incarcerations. Yeah. Shall cause, we? Because it's all so smooth. Because nothing bad has happened so far. When's this going to get interesting, Jen? When's it going to get good? Yeah. When's it going to get good? I'm just sitting here <laughs> drinking my tea, waiting. I'm waiting. (laughs) In October 1972, Fred and Rosemary hired a young woman named Carolyn Owens to work for them as a nanny for their children. They kept making sexual advances toward her, which she declined. Poor soul. One night in December, after they both unsuccessfully tried to reduce her, she tried to leave only to be held captive overnight. When Fred threatened to let some of his friends, quote unquote, have her and that he would then kill her, she complied with their advances. The next day, she was released. Though she pressed charges, Fred was able to convince the court that the acts she was forced into had been consensual. So he and Rosemary were instead only fined 50 pounds for indecent assault. Over the next six years, they killed at least eight young women who made their way to 25 Cromwell Street as lodgers or employees. The first was Linda Gow, a seamstress the Wests knew personally. Next was Carol Ann Cooper, who disappeared while walking home from a movie theater. In December, Lucy Catherine Partington disappeared from a bus a bus stop while on her way home after Christmas. She was murdered by Fred and Rosemary, who abducted her, held her captive for a week over the new year, raped and tortured her, and then killed her. On January 3rd, Fred was treated for a laceration, which is believed to have been inflicted when he dismembered Partington. From 1974 to 1979, five more women, Therese Siegenthaler, Shirley Hubbard, Juanita Marion Mott, Shirley Ann Robinson, and Allison Chambers met the same fate. It's unknown if the Wests killed more over the following years. If they did, which is not improbable, the bodies weren't buried on their property. Some of the girls are known to have been abducted, raped, and then released. While committing murders, Fred also sexually abused Anne Marie West, his daughter from his relationship with Rena Costello. She eventually became pregnant, but the pregnancy had to be terminated because it occurred in her fallopian tube. When she left home, She's, uh, when she left home, he started abusing Heather West, who was conceived by Rosemary and possibly her own father, and one of his own daughters, Mae West. Fred disposed of the victims by burying them under the garage of the house or in the garden. To cover up the frequent burials, he pretended to be doing regular home improvement. In order to afford the supplies needed, he frequently stole and fenced the loot, even though he was Often brought to the police, the police's attention for this reason, his killings went unnoticed. The couple came close to being exposed in 1986 when Heather told her friends about the abuse she suffered. 
In June of the next year, Fred and Rosemary strangled her to death to silence her. She was then dismembered and buried in the garden. The West's... I see you. Go ahead. I just... <laughs> like, how... I'm trying to figure out the fucking planet that people live on where they don't know that's going on. I just don't get it. Like, it's not their houses out in the rural country. No. You know, and if he's abusing these kids all the time, which I get different time, people discipline their kids different. Uh, but there's a difference. There really is. Yeah, there's a difference. We're talking 80s and 90s. You know. You know, discipline is different than raping your children. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is just different. And then, like, now you're talking about a lot of bodies that he's burying out in the yard and all that stuff. Doing all these projects. Yeah. And now, in the house. Yeah. And I got to laugh like, okay, he's doing all these projects. But the fact is he's not doing a project and burying the body. No. He's faking a project to and bury, bury the body. body. Yeah. And at what point do you sit there and it's like, you know what? So the neighbors looked like they were building a the shed. There's no shed. <laughs> oh, they're, they're building this fence thing. But there's no fence there. It's like, yeah. what the fuck, man? I, I just don't get where people are that shut off. And here's my explanation to it. After doing enough of these mm -hmm. and seeing some weird shit, people don't want to fuck with it. No. They don't not, like, not my in business. the shining moment where someone has to raise their hand and do, you know, say, hey, there's something weird going on here. Nope. They put their hand down. They put their head down and say, as long as it doesn't get into my fucking business, I'm okay with it. When... I left my ex and I would meet my neighbors out in public. Every single one of my neighbors told me that they could hear what was going on yes. in the house. And I turned to them and I was like, and not one of you thought to pick up the phone and call the police. No, no. And, but here's the thing. And this is where I'm saying, like, I, I'm not going to be bold enough to say that needs to change. Mm-hmm. What it needs to be is accepted. For once, can humans just accept what humans are? Yeah. Full stop. Yep. And a statement. Yeah. Stop this raising awareness. Yeah. Stop the, all this crap because it doesn't fucking work. Yeah. At the end of the just day. Just acknowledge that you're a piece of shit and you're just going to stick to yourself and you're not going to pay attention well, no, to anything around people you. People take care of themselves. Yeah. That At the end of the day, they take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to put themselves at risk, no. their families at risk, their kids no. at risk, or or anything like that. And I, I, I just laugh at that. I, I really laugh at the fact that people can't come to grips with that. Every time we talk, I talk about these things like on the side because people, are, oh, you got a podcast, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, I, you know, a horror podcast. Oh, what kind of stuff you do? And we, you know, I'll tell them about stuff. I, you know, we do light things like werewolves and vampires. I'm like, but. We do heavy stuff too, like like this stuff, you know. And I'll start I talking mean, about it. At and the end of the day, I my big takeaway from doing this horror podcast is mm -hmm. the horror in the world is people. We're well, the horror. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, but but the fact is, is like I'll explain what some of these people do and stuff, and people go, "Geez, you know, you just can't believe people are out there." I'm like, they're fucking everywhere. Yeah. They're all over the place. Yeah. They're and you see them. And got caught. And you see them. <laughs> yes. You know they're there yes. deep down. I don't, you, yes. you know me, I don't sugarcoat no. it. You know, I'm like, you know they're there. 
But you don't want to get anywhere near them. You and you know why? You are getting your hands dirty. No, it's not even about getting... You know why? Because they're fucking monsters. Yeah. They're evil. Yeah. This is the one thing that the podcast taught me. Yeah. Is that there is evil out yes. there. Yes. Terrible evil. Mm-hmm. Evil so much that it scares the hell out of you and you refuse to get anywhere near it. Yeah. You know, and this is an example of this. Just like the lichens, you know, yes. Sylvia lichens where people are like, I don't want to be anywhere near that kind of evil. Mm-hmm. Sad, but it's just true. The Wests were finally exposed in May of 1992 when Fred videotaped himself raping one of his daughters. And when she told her friends, one of them reported the Wests to the police. The investigating officer, Hazel Savage, had heard of Fred while she was uh, while he was in a relationship with Rena Costello. When another girl raped by Fred came forward, the police obtained a search warrant. In August, they searched the house for evidence of child abuse. Fred was arrested for rape and sodomy of a minor, and Rose was arrested as an accomplice. While they were being processed, their younger children were placed in the care of the government. While Fred was in custody, Rosemary became depressed and even attempted suicide once, but was saved by one of her sons. Unfortunately, the rape case fell apart when the victims backed out. Meanwhile, Savage became increasingly suspicious of the West's past. The disappearance of Heather and the results of the interviews of the West children, especially that they had been threatened by Fred and that they would be buried under the patio like Heather, she was able to obtain another search warrant to have the property dug up. The task was simplified when Fred confessed to Heather's murder in custody. When human bones started cropping up, Fred confessed to having committed the murders alone in order to protect Rosemary. However, he would not admit to raping any of his victims, saying that they had wanted to have sex with him. Soon enough, the bodies of Anne McFall and Charmaine West turned up as well, seeking to protect himself or seizing to protect herself. Rose cut off all contact with her husband. On December 13, 1994, he was charged with a dozen counts of murder, and on New Year's Day, he hanged himself in his cell at Winston Green Prison with a knotted bedsheet. It should be noted that they had both appeared in court prior to him killing himself committing suicide, and she refused to even acknowledge his presence. She wouldn't look at him. She wouldn't let him touch her. Nothing. Yeah. And it was after that that he killed himself. And there was some speculation that he felt that by killing himself that, you know, that would allow Rose to go free. Well, there's a lot of times he fell on his own sword for her. He did, yes. You know, so when they were initially, like, they came over with a warrant and they were looking at the Mm -hmm. house and they were digging through. Yeah. And, you know, at first he was just like, yeah, go ahead. Look anywhere you want. Trying to be very, you know, just helpful and not looking like he's hiding anything, you know. And, And they start going through. And then Rose calls him up and is like, look, they're heading over to where the shit is and all that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he comes right out. He's like, yeah, look, I'm going to confess. Mm-hmm. And he did that hoping that they'd stay away from her. Right. This is where, <laughs> this is where to call them serial killers and the serial murder. And, and I hate when people say, oh, serial killers and serial murders have this switched off thing where they don't have any feelings or empathy or mm-hmm. anything like that. They do. Yes. But it's just not 
for that. Right. Their feelings aren't affected in that manner, but they do have feelings. But they do have feelings. Like, for example. The rage they get to do that, that is based off of feelings and emotions. Yes, yes. That's all feeling and all emotion. Yeah. So, like, his love and appreciation towards her is real. Yes. And, in fact, I think it's real than most people will ever feel. Yes. Because, I mean, he could have just left. Right. And disappeared. Yeah. I mean... It was that that time in in life, you know what we're what are we talking about? The eighties into the nineties, ninety four. Yeah, where you can disappear. Mm-hmm. There's no internet to track you. Yeah. There's no digital footprint you're leaving around all over the place and all that. He could have taken off and went to another country or whatever and started over. Right. He didn't. No. He, he didn't. turned himself He's, in. Yeah. You know, um, and and it's evident there mm-hmm. with all that. And mm-hmm. then once she detaches away from him, yeah. Says I don't want anything to do with you. He's got nothing left now. Right. It's all over. Yeah. And I think it's evident on what he did. You know, it just shows it. Mm-hmm. So there was feelings here. Yes. There was emotion. There was empathy and mm-hmm. sympathy and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. That's it. This whole story is just weird and confusing. It is. It, it really, really is. But you wonder who's the ringleader here? Because one of them had to be. I don't know because she did kill when he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And she's a cold bitch. Yeah. Has to be. I wouldn't be, has to be surprised. She's a prostitute. You have to be a cold bitch to be a prostitute. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it was her. I wouldn't. You know, I mean, I'm. And, and, the, and the way that she has responded since being in custody. Yeah. I'm very certain it she she was the the ringleader in all of this. Uh, his body was cremated. His mm-hmm. funeral was unattended except for five of his children. Rose was also put on trial first for rape, but then for murder as well. She never confessed to any murders, and the evidence against her was largely circumstantial. An important witness was Janet Leach, Fred's appropriate adult who revealed that Fred had told her that Rose had been involved in the murders and even killed Charmaine West and Shirley Robinson on her own. On November 22nd, 1995, Rose was found guilty of 10 murders and sentenced to life in prison. She will never be released. Though she maintains her innocence, she announced in 2001 that she will not try to appeal her conviction. And in 1996, 25 Cromwell Street was completely demolished and the site turned into a, excuse me, into a pathway. So their MO. The West's victims were Caucasian females in their mid-teens to early 20s, sometimes related to them. The ones who weren't were usually lured to the house under the premise that they would be hired as nannies or given some other job. When the victim was under Fred and Rosemary's control, They would rape and torture them in elaborate and sadistic bondage acts for days, then strangle or suffocate them and bury them on the property. And it should be noted that there were times where uh, Rosemary was the one doing the raping and Fred was simply watching and or filming. Yeah. So I think that kind of... Oh, they're both messed up. Yeah. Fred's signature was cutting off the victim's fingers and toes and sometimes their kneecaps post-mortem before burying them. Mm. So we'll get to the known victims 
Catherine Costello, Fred's first wife, she was assaulted by Fred. Uh, John McLaughlin, Catherine's lover, his stomach was grazed by with a knife by Fred. On November 4th, 1965, Michael O'Keefe, uh, he was accidentally killed. That's who was run over by Fred. In July 1967, Anna McFall, 18, killed and dismembered by Fred alone, was pregnant at the time of her death, presumably removed her fetus from her womb post-mortem. Her body was found on June 7, 1994. January 5, 1968, Mary Bastom, 15, possibly suspected to have been killed by Fred alone. 1971, June 20th to 24th, Charmaine West, 8, she's Fred's daughter from his first marriage. August, Catherine Raina West, 27, uh, previously known as Costello, Fred's first wife, um, possibly one or both of them. It, it, it's not clear. December 1972, Carolyn Owen, 17, held captive overnight, bound, gagged, smothered with a pillow, raped by both, released the next day. 1973, April 19th, Linda Gow, 19. November 10th, Carol Ann Cooper, 15. December 27th, Lucy Catherine Partington, 21. 1974, April 15th, Therese Siegenthaler, 21. November 14th, Shirley Hubbard, 15. April 12th, 1975, Juanita Marion Mott, 18. May 10th, 1978, Shirley Ann Robinson, 18, pregnant at the time. August 5th, 1979, Allison Chambers, 16. In June 1987, Heather Ann West, 16, daughter of Rosemary and possibly her own father, was choked, strangled with a pair of stockings, and dismembered. In addition to the above crimes, Fred is known to have committed several additional rapes whose victims are anonymous or unnamed, he also have he also claimed to have committed more murders. So in keeping with this, most every story on the Wests is how heinous they are, like their upbringing, mm-hmm. etc. And very few actually go into the victims. And the BBC actually did a very nice it's a tiny little bio for each of the victims, and I thought it would be nice if we featured each. Sure. Anne McFall, born in Scotland. Anne McFall is believed to be Fred West's first victim. After leaving school, she worked in a knitwear factory in Glasgow and in 1966 moved with friends to the Gloucester area. The 18-year-old was nanny to Fred West's children from his first marriage to Catherine Costello, Fred West's biographer, Jeffrey Wansell, said she, quote, uh, flirted relentlessly with West, according to him. Miss McFall, who was believed to be naive, lived lived with West in his caravan, which is like a camper, becoming his lover during one of the periods when his wife was away. He was also the father of her child, and she was pregnant when she disappeared in May 1967. Her remains and those of her unborn baby were found in a field at Kempley near Fred West's home village of Muchmarkle in Herefordshire. Catherine Reyna Costello was born in Scotland and was West's first wife and his second victim. She and West married at Ledbury in 1962 when she was pregnant with another man's child. She gave birth to Charmaine in 1963. 
understood to have had a, quote, strong personality, Mr. Wansel said <clears throat> Catherine Costello was, quote, more than a match for Fred. And the couple went on to have another child, Anne-Marie, a year later. Described as a, quote, tough and manipulative woman, she left West in 1969 amid reports of violence and sexual abuse, and friends and family lost contact with her in 1971. The 26-year-old remains were found at a field in Kempley, close to where Anne McFall was buried. Charmaine West. Charmaine was just eight when she disappeared in 1971, and it is understood she hated Rosemary West with a passion and had been a, quote, unquote, rebellious little girl. Rosemary murdered her stepdaughter while Fred was in prison for theft of car tires and a vehicle tax issue discrepancy. When he was released, he buried her body beneath the kitchen window at the couple's home in, on Midland Road in Gloucester. Linda Gow lived in Gloucester with her family. She attended the local primary school and then enrolled in a private school on Midland Road. She later worked as a seamstress and became friendly with lodgers at the West's home at 25 Cromwell Street. It is believed she had sex with some of the lodgers at said home. Mr. Wansel said Linda was quote-unquote, naive. The 19-year-old vanished in April 1973, and her parents reported her missing. Miss Gao's remains were found in a former car inspection pit in a garage that had been converted into a bathroom at 25 Cromwell Street. Carol Ann Cooper, known as Kaz, was born in Lutton, Bedfordshire, and lived, later lived in Worcester. At the time of her disappearance in November 1973, she was staying at the Pine Children's Home. She had been given permission to spend the weekend with her grandmother and disappeared after boarding a bus back to the home following a night out on November 10th. Extensive inquiries were made by West Mercia officers, but they were unable to track her down. Her body was found buried in the cellar at 25 Cromwell Street. Detectives concluded the Wests had picked her up while she was hitchhiking. Lucy Partington was born in St. Albans and moved to Bishop's Cleeve soon after. The clever and much-liked woman went to Exeter University, and on December 20, 1973, she returned home for Christmas. The 21-year-old disappeared two days later after leaving a friend's house. It is thought the Wests picked her up while she was waiting for a bus to her home in Gretton near Winchcombe. Her mother reported her missing to police, sparking a massive search. Mr. Wansel, the biographer for Fred West, said her case was often seen as the one that attracts the most anger. Ms. Partington was middle class and had recently converted to Catholicism. Her remains were found beneath the floor of the cellar at 25 Cram uh, Cromwell Street. Therese Sigenthaler, who's Swiss-born, and she was 21, a student at a London college. She had left school at the age of 16, but continued her education, studying for a diploma in secretarial studies. It is believed she came to England in the early 1970s to continue her studies. On the weekend, she worked in a ballet shoe shop in the Swiss Center in Leicester Square. Mr. Wansel described her as petite with blondish mousy hair. Ms. Siegenthaler disappeared on Easter in 1974, having set out hitchhiking to Ireland to visit a friend who was a priest. She never reached her destination. It is thought she was well used to hitchhiking and had, quote, boasted to friends that she could look after herself well, end quote, Mr. Wansell said. An investigation was carried out by the Metropolitan Police spanning a number of years, but with no success. 
Her remains, too, were found under the floor of the cellar at 25 Cromwell Street. Shirley Hubbard, 15, was the youngest of the victims to be found at Cromwell Street. She was described by Fred West's biographer as pretty, spirited, and vulnerable. She was born in Birmingham and was given the name Shirley Lloyd, though she was also known as Shirley Owen. Her parents separated when she was two years old and she was taken into care. In 1972, she decided she wanted to be called Shirley Hubbard, although her name was never officially changed. She attended Droitwich High School and at the time of her disappearance was engaged in work experience in Debenhams and Worcester. On the 14th of November, 1974, she left work and was believed to have been traveling home when she disappeared. She was reported missing to police, but no trace of her was found. Her remains were eventually found under the floor of the cellar at Cromwell Street. Juanita Mott was born in 1957 and went to school in Gloucester, leaving in 1972 to take up a number of short-term jobs in the city. According to Mr. Wansel, she was rebellious, difficult, and strong-willed, but attractive and outgoing. In April 1975, when she was 18 years old, she left her address in Newent and was believed to be traveling to Gloucester, but she vanished the day before a friend's wedding. Her disappearance was not reported to the police, though her family did contact the Missing Persons Bureau and the media. Her remains were also found in the cellar of 25 Cromwell Street. Shirley Ann Robinson was born in Leicestershire and later lived in both Germany and the West Midlands. She lodged with Fred, Fred and Rosemary West and became Fred West's lover. Mr. Wansell said she, quote, saw herself as Rose's replacement, end quote, and that it had been, quote, suggested that Rose told Fred Shirley had to go, end quote. Ms. Robinson, who was outward-looking and rather worldly, conceived a child with Fred West and was about eight months pregnant when she was last seen in May 1978. Her body and her unborn child were found buried in the garden at the West's home. Allison Chambers, also known as Al or Allie, was born in Hanover in West Germany, where her father was serving in the RAF. She later moved to Swansea. Then at the age of 16, an act of a rebellious teenager, she went to live in a children's home in Gloucester. She was known to be a frequent visitor at 25 Cromwell Street. Miss Chambers worked for a firm of solicitors under a youth training scheme, and friends said she, quote, wanted constant attention, end quote. She disappeared in August 1979, shortly before her 17th birthday, and her disappearance was reported to the Missing Persons Bureau and initially to the police as an absconder from care. Her remains were found in the garden at 25 Cromwell Street. And the final victim, Heather West, was the first child of Fred and Rosemary West, or Rosemary West and her biological father. Born in Gloucester on October 17, 1970, her murder demonstrated the depths of evil the couple were prepared to plummet. She was 16 when she was murdered in 1987. She was the first victim whose body was found at 25 Cromwell Street and is believed to have been the last victim of the West's killing spree. She had lived with her family in Midland Road until 1972 when they moved to Cromwell Street. She was rebellious, difficult, and refused to collaborate with her father's plans, Mr. Wansell said. She and her sister would try to protect each other from their father, and Mr. Wansell said he believed she was threatened to go to the police about her father, which in his view is why she was killed. She had just finished her GCSE examinations when she went missing. 
Her parents never reported her disappearance, although they told various people that they had. In reality, Heather West had been murdered and was buried under the garden patio. It's amazing that not even what, you know, I hate to cheapen the lives of others, but like just not only what they do with strangers, but their own kids. Yeah. That's the, just, that's the that's hard a, pill to that's swallow. That's a, a very special level of depravity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's evil. Yeah. That's real evil. boy. Mm-hmm. I mean. Now, one could argue that children learn what they live, and mm. that's what they experienced when they were growing up. So to them, that was perfectly normal. No, I, I would imagine at some point, because I think every kid goes through this to some degree, where, yeah, you just think everything that's going on is the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I had that for a certain point, like any kid. You know, but then, like, you learn. It's like, oh. Oh, every, this doesn't happen at, at Bobby and Susie's Everybody house. else is doing this differently. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and at first, you're you're too naive to see that it's not different across the board, but just different. You only see what you have and what right. everyone yes. else has, and mm-hmm. you're not looking at the minutia right. of everyone else. It's where, I, I, I hate to say it, but it's just... <clears throat> There's no way to sugarcoat this statement. I think kids can be held within a certain context till a certain age. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you don't fucking know anything. Right. You just don't. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I remember thinking I knew everything in the world. And then, mm-hmm. you know, there's that moment where you're just like, I don't fucking know anything. Yeah. I don't know anything at all. Yeah. I, think I that's don't a, know shit. Yeah. And I think that's a large part of the depression that's going around. Kids mm-hmm. are led up to think they know everything. Oh, and that they are everything. And that they yeah. are everything and that they're the center of this and the center of that. And, yeah. and, you know, this, you know, there's everything's in orbit around them. Right. And then there's that reality. Either it's after high school when you don't go to college or mm-hmm. it's in college. A lot of it is college for people because now it's supposed to be, and originally it was, it was supposed to be the first time you're an adult and yes. you don't have, uh, you know, because I remember like going to a, a class after high school. And I remember the teacher saying, yeah, I don't care if you come either way. I get paid. Right. You know, yeah. either way I get paid to be here. This isn't high school anymore. Right. Nobody's going to hold your hand. No, I'm not going to hold your hand. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to force. That's what he said. Cause I don't want it to come out the wrong way. Right. I'm not going to force you to be here. Right. I remember him saying that to somebody and I remember looking and he, he just looked at the class. He's like, look, you don't have to be here. Right. I already got paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's the band that already got paid and they right. can play whatever they want. Exactly. <laughs> and 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 it's just uh, there's that reality there. And then it's this getting thrown into the wolves situation where mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, yeah. I remember even being younger and being like, oh, I can't wait to be an adult because the adults got everything figured out. And this whole school thing's bullshit. And all yeah. That. And then I remember just. You know, I, I'd left school early and I was working blue collar job, laborer, and realizing that everybody is fucking winging this. Right. Yes. And then the funny part is, is I'd talk to certain people that I knew that were in college for, you know, do their bachelor's in like four years or whatever. And after that, and they're still under that pretense that like, 
out here, it's everybody knows what they're doing and all that. Mm -hmm. And I just got to be a part of it. And I remember just shaking my head after like three years of knowing that's not how it's done at all. And it's like, you've been in this little protective bubble and now you're going to come out here and you know, nobody's going to care about your shit. No, nobody's going to care about your stats from high school. No, Nobody's going to care that you were foothills champion in high school. No, get the fucking work done. Exactly. You know, that's, and, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird in that regard, but I look at families like this that are really down the wrong path and like, I can't even imagine being a kid on that level where you look and you realize and you're like, whoa, nobody's going through this. Right. You know, because again, who do you talk to? Right. Who do you convey this to? Well, and Heather and then you took gotta a be, chance. Well, and you got to be careful who you talk yeah, to because, you know, she went to that could be your ass. told him what happened and she ended up dead. Yeah. No, and I just. And then her, and honestly, you want the other kids to fall in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Make That's an example. Perfect. Make an example. Do you want to end up like your sister? Mm-hmm. Do you want to end up under the patio too? Keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was with a lot of physical obedience measures. From parents, mm-hmm. you know, because I remember I would look and see like what my brother's going through. It's like, well, all right, I don't want to do that. Not going to do what that was. Take fucking notes, you know. Yeah. If I didn't, what did he what do? Did he do? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's natural for everybody. Yeah. And, and I hate to say it, but like, this is why we have prisons. It is. If people want to know why we have prisons. Yes. This is why we have prisons. Yes. Because there's people like this. Between and, you, me, and the fence posts, the <laughs> reason all the people we listening had to this, you know. the death penalty yeah. is the Fred and Rosemary West. Oh, yeah, of the no, world. you're not going to fix these fucking people. No, the, I'm sorry. That's where I'm pro death penalty. Yeah. The You'll Albert never fishes, change my mind. No. Go ahead. Go ahead and try to change my mind. Maybe I'll see the light. But the fact is, is now you're going to pay tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars now with the way these facilities are right for one person. Yes. So they can just wait to die. You know, know, I, the, we've watched, we watched a, uh, a doc on Fred and Rose and the investigators are certain there are more victims. Oh, I guarantee it. Because Fred killed himself and he was the only one talking, yeah. they're never going to know. And when Rosemary dies, she takes all of that information with yeah. her to the grave. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. People our age, you know, 40s and up. Yeah. They'll know this. This country was heavy, heavy. Penalties of death. Yes. Heavy. Yeah. It was all around. And then what changed it was the fucking psychologist. Mm-hmm. We could learn more about them mm-hmm. to stop the next one. Yeah. We can learn more. Yeah. And and the death penalty was huge before then. It was. It was massive. And also too- I'm not saying it's everywhere in the States, but the majority of states were either death penalty or looking at it. Right, yes. And now the mental health community said, we need to study these people. We need to learn more about them mm-hmm. so we can stop the next one or, or learn how to. And here we are. Yeah. 50 fucking years later. Yeah. 
40 years later? And where are we? No, no different. Well, we've learned that they're pieces of shit. No, but it's just the fact is, is I, I'm but sorry. But we knew that going in. You're this. This is what I. I always have a build up to things, okay. and this is the build up. The first part of the build up is, is nobody's gonna swim out of their lane to help these people. Right. Yep. No one's gonna swim out of their lane to say, "Hey, point over there," and just be like, "There's something fucking weird going on over there." Right. Yeah. Nobody's gonna do that. They never have. They, they never, never will. will. It's human nature. It's defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. And it keeps human beings alive. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. you know, I mean, if we were all in the wild and take away all the great amenities we have and everything, that would keep humans alive. It preserves life. Yeah. So that's something you're not going to erase. It's baked in the cake. So now your next question is, is okay, you're not going to swim out of your lane to point this out. Mm -hmm. So how do these people stop? Doing what they're, how do you have these people stop doing what they're doing? You arrest them and lock them up. Mm -hmm. My opinion, that's where the death penalty comes into play. Because mm -hmm. these people were even around during the death penalty, mm -hmm. which shows how broken they are. Yeah. They don't care. It wasn't a deterrent. No, wasn't a deterrent at all. They killed 12 people. Yeah. Now we went the avenue of let's learn about them. Yeah. Okay. Let's just and, do life in prison. You know, so that we life can, in prison so we can, we can learn study about them. Yep. Who the hell is studying her? No one is. No. You can look up the books. I did. I yeah. looked it up. No one's studying her. No. They're just, she's just rotting in a building. Yeah. That's and I'm it. sure a lot of it is she's refusing to speak to anyone. Uh, furthermore. But you know. I would also be so bold as to say, if you want to get her to open up, mm -hmm. then you need to say to her, hey, you know, I get that you're in here and just like you know, shady or shaky evidence at best that has you in here, you should probably tell your side of the story. Yeah, but here's the thing. You might get something out of her then, but... Who knows if it's true? Exactly. Would you believe it? No, exactly. You can't believe anything that comes out of this person's mouth. No. Look at the son of Sam. Great example of that. He led all them people on a wild fucking goose chase forever. Mm -hmm. Just let them all on a wild goose chase. All these serial killers and serial murders do it. These health professionals aren't getting the truth out of them. No. Even when they think they're telling the truth, you've got to sit there and scientifically mm -hmm. say to yourself, he could be lying to me. Right. She could be holding the truth from me. Yes. You have to scientifically say that. Mm -hmm. So now that you said that and you can prove it, Mm-hmm. Just by saying, yeah, they can lie because they're manipulative, maniacal beings. Right. Then what was all the stuff? What'd you get out of studying? Right. At the end of the day, it's just like the stuff with the podcast and the true crime podcast. It's great stuff to talk about. Yeah. But you got to get your meat. You got to get your hooks into the meat of this issue that they're manipulative, maniacal liars. Right. And they'll do whatever it takes to fulfill their needs. Right. And that's what they did yes. all the way to their kids. Yes. Some of them. Yes. But I even got a laugh like as maniacal as this group was. And it was a duo. Yes. And they had 10 bodies at their resident. Yes. Fucking. Uh, what's his name? Holy shit. Where'd my brain go? Um, The clown. Gacy. Gacy. Gacy had 
over 30 people just in his crawl space. Yeah. And, he's, and, and he did that by himself, which I'm still having a hard time with. And you can tune, tune into that yeah. with the full evidence of why we had a hard time, but especially yeah. me having a hard time that he did that by himself. No, I mean, it just, it's, I, I, I'm not buying it no. for one second. No. And even these two doing what they're doing, you've got the whole house, you've got this house full of people mm-hmm. through all that stuff. Yeah. And you got neighbors next door. Yeah. Again, ultimate failure across the board. Yeah. Across the board. Mm-hmm. But I loved, I hate doing these episodes and I love them. Right. You know, I hate doing them because for days I got to sit here and just read all this bullshit about them. Right. And just the shit. The most heinous Just details. the heinous details of yeah. it. And, and then, and then go to the same conclusion of nobody did anything. Yep. Same as this person, that person, that person, you know, we've got the roster on this with our yep. episodes. They all, the surrounding people did nothing. When I right. say surrounding people, cops, yep. teachers, yep. Um, you name it, it just didn't do anything. And and we can't talk at this like it's a historical context either. This shit's still going on. Mm-hmm. And what gets me is, is news doesn't fucking talk about it. No. Which is fucking weird. Yeah. That they'd is. rather talk about the bullshit they talk about now. Yes. Insert bullshit. Yep. Versus shit like this that everyone can get united behind. Right, yes. And and come up with solutions for. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think there's a reason they don't want to talk about it on the news. Because oh. people are going to say, you know what? We need to bring back yes. corporal punishment. Yes. We need to bring back the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And then that starts getting into the core of groups' followings mm-hmm. on what jersey you wear for right. a political yeah. team. And, and, and I think that's ultimately the road they don't go, they don't want to go down with it because they know where that's going to lead. Mm-hmm. But at some point I tell you, I swear by it, the death penalty is going to be a topic again. And with the amount of crime that's ramping up now mm-hmm. and things like that, you need the fucking stick to get people not only in control, but you need the stick to assure other people that it's safe to go outside. Right. Yes. Because if there's no stick against these people, then you don't feel safe going outside because there's nothing holding them back. Exactly. And without that stick, you're going to be scared to death. Mm -hmm. And you have that with people. Mm -hmm. I read this crazy stat like they, and you never know the truth again of it, but I read the stat where like half of San Franciscoans said they've been a victim of a crime. Mm -hmm. Half. Yeah. It's insane. Now, of course, over there, that. it might have been someone that hurt their fucking feelings. They don't say what being a right, victim what is, the victim you know, is, yeah. but if it's victim of a legitimate crime, let's just take it for what it, you know, I believe could be. it with the number of mentally insane oh, and homeless and, and drug abusers and that are living on the street. The lack of any I kind 100% of hundred percent and the lack of any kind of bail reform. I or think anything that's like that. actually a low yeah. stat. And this is what people, you know. This isn't even political. This is just a fact. This is what bail was for. Yes. For all the bail reform idiots out there. And I'm sorry, I'm going to call you an idiot because 
You're going to go to school right now. Yes. Bail was there so a criminal who couldn't pay bail couldn't stayed go out on the in jail yes. and couldn't go out in the streets and commit more crimes. Right. And you morons couldn't see past that. Right. And now you are. So yes. if you're in a city and you're wondering why the crime is crazy, it's the same 10% of people doing crime. Yeah. If you have. They're just not behind bars anymore. Yeah. That's they don't the have whole to come thing. up with bail. It's, they can they can commit as many crimes as they want in a given day. Yeah. They just get a ticket. Yeah. A, an appearance ticket. An appearance ticket. Which That's, what kind of a deterrent is that? It's none, obviously. Exactly. And and especially th- when they're repeating multiple crimes yeah. within the day. Some of them, it's within an hour of getting out of the jail from the first crime yeah. that they committed. And this is why a woman is never going to accuse somebody of rape. Exactly. Because I could rape you. Yes. You could call the cops. I could get brought in there. I'll get my appearance ticket. And then I'm going to come back and kill you. You know what else they're going to do? When you get your appearance ticket, they're going to give... All of my information to your attorney. No, so I now know. you have my name, my address, address where you work, everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Good no, job, guys. Great job. Awesome. Yeah. Smashed up job. Mm-hmm. You're a genius. I hope you guys didn't break your arms <laughs> patting yourselves on yeah. the back for bathe, this one. Bathe in your genius for bail reform. I'm mm, sorry. Yeah. I just and it's not political. It's not, trust no. me. If you knew the party I stood for, you'd probably Drop your jaw. Yeah. But the fact is, is it's just, it's crazy. And the fact that we've let it go. Oh, yeah. We haven't repealed well, no, it. No, because because a certain group of people can't say they're wrong. Heaven yes. forbid you say you're wrong. Yeah. This Oops. is where we're at right now. We made now. a mistake. Yeah. This is where we're at, where mm-hmm. you can't literally say you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. You know, I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's absolutely it embarrassing to be around just... A childish intellect like this. Mm-hmm. And it's really what it is. It's a childish yeah. intellect. Yeah. It's unreal. And I hate bringing it up on here, but sometimes it's warranted. Right. I read through this crazy stuff with the West and I just look and it's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's a nuts story. But what are you going to do about it? And the yeah. thing is, it's like there's not, you know what Fred and Rosemary West could do now by <sighs> just getting appearance tickets? <laughs> they do the same fucking thing. Yeah. That wouldn't be a that deterrent That means nothing's to them. changed. No. No. But it's just like what people got to understand in big cities and big areas, 10% of that population is doing the crime. Yes. But if you contain them yeah. in certain areas, that crime reduces. Right. So, for example, if they get arrested and there's video evidence mm-hmm. of them doing a crime and yet they still get let go... And I laugh because you talk to people who think they're so knowledgeable on bail reform. That's not what it's about. It's That's exactly, exactly what, what it's about. about. Yeah. The fact is, is that person can't afford five grand bail. So they sit in jail. And guess what doesn't happen for the rest of that day? Two other burglaries. Correct. Three other assaults. Yes. From that same fucking person. Correct. They sit in jail. Yes. Till their day comes. Yep. And it gives them time to cool off. Yep. Maybe think about it. Maybe a preacher can come in there. Shake, reach shake them, them rattle maybe. them, reach them around, yeah. you know, or, you know, for that other person, a counselor, mm-hmm. maybe a counselor can come in and, and shake them, rattle them around. And if that doesn't work and they're still just a broken person, well, then they're going to jail for a stretch. Yeah. Being guilty for the crime they did. 
Yes. And then if they get in more trouble in jail, then they escalate over to prison. Correct. I got to laugh when people say, well, jails and prisons aren't rehab centers. No, they're not. No. They're not rehab centers because I'm sorry. These folks are unreachable. Yes. You're yes. talking about a 10% group that are just unreachable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The steps you got to get just to be in jail. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Think about how far you got to go out of your way to get into jail. Yes. But yet others will just sit there and say, well, I just ended up in here. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You made yeah. a series of choices that yes. fucking sucked. You made a series of bad yeah. decisions. That's like yes. this Fred and Rosemary West where you read the bios on them. And yeah. the most common word I heard was naive. Naive. And yeah. it's you bet your ass because that's all I had to do was walk in that house. And I'd be like, yeah, this house is fucked up. Yeah. You know, this house is fucked up mm-hmm. and and walk right out of there. Yep. But if you're a rebellious youth, yeah. you've got fucking just gristle and you grit the in your bones the balls and, and you, you know everything, you know everything. Yep. And, and you think everybody's got a, a good streak in them mm-hmm. and there, there's nobody that's bad or I can handle bad. Mm-hmm. You know, those people walked right into the lion's den. Sure did. And. They couldn't handle. They weren't walking back. They out. couldn't handle that kind of bad. No. No. These are tough. These are tough ones for me. At least that's where it's got. But I, uh, yeah, it's Fred and Rosemary West. In a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> In an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. Cult of the month next week. Yeah. Always a favorite. Yep. I was happy to follow that up with this uh, train wreck. You know. And I mean. And I apologize for the tirades. I do, folks. It's another train After a while, some people have to start seeing... The forest through the trees. Yeah, or just the fucking paint on the wall. Something. You know, but... uh, We're going to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, yeah. I think Jehovah's Witness is a good one to do right now after we've done these kind of heavy other ones (laughs) here. Because you kind of got two types of Jehovah's Witness. You've got the cult, cult, cult. Yes. And then you've got the... Ones that are in Jehovah's Witness that are, I, I'll say it for lack of a better term, practicing a religion. Well, f- for example, my ex-sister-in-law, where Jehovah's Witnesses aren't allowed to um, celebrate holidays. Yeah. So, like, she wouldn't participate in Christmas, but between Christmas and New Year's, we would get together, have a family dinner, and she would give everyone presents. Yeah, yeah. That's Christmas. <laughs> Just because you don't do it on the twenty fifth, yeah, doesn't mean it's not. No, but Christmas. this is this is what I'm getting at. Even the hardcore Jehovah's Witnesses that are practicing the religion, mm-hmm. hey, if they don't want to celebrate holidays and they're not into that mm-hmm. stuff, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about those Jehovah's Witnesses, right? We're talking about these other Jehovah's Witnesses that are going way off the path, yeah. way off the path, and that's where. I think a lot of these, this is what I love about doing cults. Is there's a lot of them that start out with great intentions, great things. And and then there's these break-off groups. Yeah, that, the offshoots. That, that come off. And, and I think about you, the branch of the tree of the life of the world. <laughs> Davidian. Davidian. Uh, yeah. No, and, and that's where, that's where I see... That's where I see this, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. You know, I, I see this from a, uh, an aspect of, you know, you have a group or even a main group that 
really isn't kind of bothering nobody. Mm-hmm. Then you have a group that's lost their mind. Then you got kind of this middle area where they're not bothering anybody, but they're also not too good to themselves. Right. Yeah. And that's what I love about Jehovah's Witnesses. They're kind of all three of these things. And, uh, 100%. yeah. And yeah. I can't wait to dip into all three of those. Cause, cause Oy. the ones that aren't really bothering anybody, that's going to be like the first 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. ones that are in the middle that are hurting each other, that's a good chunk of it. And then there's the, just they're hurting everything in their I path. I could wax poetic about my Jehovah's Witness stories with them going door to door with their watchtowers. And now I think it's called Awake yeah, Magazine. Yeah. And let's be honest, magazine is a, uh, it's a, it's a pamphlet at <laughs> best, guys. And then I remember that period of time where they're like, well, you know, we have to charge for it. And I was like, you know what? How about you keep this? Yeah. And you give it to the next person. Yeah. Because I'm good here. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so yes, Jehovah's Witness next week. Mm-hmm. If you could uh give us a uh a rating on uh your podcast platform for us, we'd yes, really appreciate please, it. Thank you. Fill them stars up. And uh, if you'd like to leave a comment, that won't hurt our feelings either. No. Uh, and, hey, you know, we, we may be so emboldened to share it. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to yeah. you want to get a shout out. Yep. We can do that. And there's going to be an addition to the podcast starting next episode, uh, which we'll reveal at that point. Okay. Um, we're going to induce, we're going to introduce a, a, uh, a partner, shall I say, or... <laughs> Or another, I think that's another voice commentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna introduce another a, voice a segment. A segment. Yeah. Yes. Maybe they they can have their own segment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This this person. This edition. This, I gotta say this edition. This edition, you it's you not, can't say. It's not necessarily a person. Not a person. I don't know. It may beg to differ. I'm gonna ask it. Okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what we'll it see says. See what we get. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no. Could we be more cryptic? <laughs> yes. This goes back yes, to, we can. This goes back the to the podcast. The innuendo podcast. The innuendo podcast. We're not going to do that next week. No. So, so um, rule number one. No Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. If your neighbor is abusing their children, pick up the fucking phone. Sorry. Don't let the black-eyed children in or look at them or make eye contact or any of those things. Don't give them ketchup for their apple. No. Maybe throw, like, soy sauce packets through the the mail slot. The mail slot. Yeah. 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 This is all I have. <laughs> Give a fortune cookie. And see if they can read it. Exactly. If they can't, run. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least. Just fucking listen. Whoa. Yes. Yikes. I said it. All right. She didn't mean it to you guys. You no. all listened for apparently no. an hour and 20 yes. minutes. So. Sorry, it's not you guys. We love you all very much. Everybody else. <laughs> yes. We love you very much and... We hope you have a wonderful day, a lovely week. And make 
good choices. Come on now. Hi. We're out of here. <laughs>